Hello everyone and welcome to Monique's Pet Whisper Call of My Ancestors. Yes, I had to combine the two. So it's really interesting uh, the experience that I had today, which is, you know, another reason I launched a podcast, uh, having to delve back into time while in the pet industry. Well, this morning, I I take public transportation to work because I work downtown and saving on gas. And so this area that I typically walk through, I happen to see this dog running, you know, running loose. But I wasn't initially afraid. But I kept, like, as I got closer, I kept hearing the owner, this big, fat guy. He's like, get back here. Get her. You know, he was just... And I say that because he was a very mean person. He seemed like a kind of a mean guy, you know. So the dog is now running towards me. And he and the man is yelling for the dog. And the dog's now running towards me and barking as if he's going to bite me. <laughs> or, or he's he's scared. It's like he's scared of the owner. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know this isn't happening. You know, some crazy dog and an owner in my space right now. So the dog is running towards me and I yell back at the dog. I said, you get away from me. I said, you stand away. I'm not going to stand there and be like, oh, please just be so sweet. It's going to be okay. No, that dog was ready, was ready to attack. And what I realized is that the owner, he comes stumbling down this little hill area and he's like, I'm going to beat your ass. And I talk to the dog. I said, listen, I said, he's, he's afraid and confused. I said, please don't beat him, you know? And then, so as I'm walking, I haven't like to actually walk to the bus stop and it's not really that close. So I'm like hustling because the bus is getting ready to come in like less than five minutes. I've been detained by this dog. And as I'm walking here, he come, I'm kind of running and here comes the dog. He's like following me, you know, and in a, in a, in a way where I realized like, okay, I'm not, I don't have time to, I'm not getting bit by anybody's dog, but the way the owner was acting, it, it caused me to, to also see some, some really important, um, red flags with pet parents. Um, not every person deserves to have a dog or a cat or a fish or a bird. Um, some people have dogs for the sake of needing to put something on a leash. And some people literally d- do just that. It doesn't matter what, who, who you are, what background, it, that you all come in all shapes and sizes. But you really truly don't care for the animal. And so that's the problem. You see it as a third class citizen. Pretty much, it kind of reminds me of something. When this experience happened, it also triggered some kind of inner ancestral story, you know, uh, just about how dogs, and I, I actually posted this on my podcast, and not, <laughs> people didn't want to like listen to it because it, it was too close to home. But it's really about a man's best friend. Um, how dogs unfortunately were used and are still being used to incite fear. If you can uh, train an animal, AKA a human 
fits into that category to do wrong and to to harm others it can tip it can do that and so i realized like stories from the past so when this situation came up this it kind of it overwhelmed me because the type of work that i do as far as who i am i'm i'm an advocate and a real mover and shaker to help uh businesses uh throughout colorado and also supporting some in texas through um different things that I do and realizing how difficult it is for people of color and and how we keep pushing and making it and also real acknowledging how pets however dogs in particular um, if you don't train your dog properly your dog can can harm a baby it could turn its back on you you know, if you confuse the dog, it, it isn't that the dog is like a human where it's like, mm, I'm going to be shady today. It's nothing like that. The dog will literally respond to your, your energy. If you're the pet parent and you're cussing the dog out and scaring him, or you actually abuse your dog, meaning harsh beatings and stuff and yelling at home, then when your dog is out in public, your dog thinks everyone is like you. So now when your dog comes face to face with other people, it doesn't know how to react because it's, it's running from you all the time. So that's how, you know, a pet is being abused. If you, if you are a onlooker, those are some signs that the pet parent may be being too harsh. It doesn't mean we inflict judgment, but there's some kind of imbalance and you're not, if you turn your blinders off, then so be it. But that's important. So ironically, later on today, um, I've been, I was urged, I, you know, sometimes I get forced, like pushed to do things I don't really want to do, but I know it's for a reason, but I felt like something urging me to get on YouTube and to check out, just kind of start flipping through these documentaries. And I happened to come across this documentary, which was kind of a needle in a haystack. I wouldn't have necessarily clicked on it. This was everything that I, one of the, this is one of the best documentaries that literally is almost like a composite of my entire podcast. It talks about everything from reconstruction and how difficult it was uh, for people of color and how the black codes, just everything I was saying were, was created. Now I didn't make this stuff up obviously, but the fact is it's like, it's reaffirming that the information I'm sharing and putting out there is a hundred percent. It goes into how the KKK were formed in 1865. You know, I consider them more like mobs, but in 1915, that's when it was more official. Um, um, Speaking about how they didn't value paying black people um, and how the ideology of what was really interesting was the the whole white supremacist ideology and how many how there were some black people and this goes on till this day that will defend uh, a white supremacist that will say but they love me you know that if it wasn't from that you know that so and so I wouldn't be here but that same one is will be the one that will you do the wrong thing you're hanging from a tree so 
but unfortunately it it's true um there are definitely good white people always have been there's good people has nothing to do with race but we have a real problem here because in 2021 we have people that are not in kkk robes because they're they're too cowardly to do that in public but they are in suits and dresses um you know thing things you would least expect and so these days you don't really know who is amongst this ideology now a lot of people don't realize it but if you feel threatened by a black person if they're moving up in the world and you're not a black person but you're feeling uncomfortable you need to go within if you are feeling like jealous that there is an intelligent black child speaking somewhere and you don't want to click like or you don't want to say anything about it um, you need to do some inner work within if you see a bummy looking black man and he's not begging for anything in particular but you maybe see him on television and he's talking about his vision for a new life would you be the one that judges him or or would you actually say yes you can do this if you can't support that black man then sad to say you need to do some work within now there's a lot more work than just doing work within um what you don't realize is that when you enter into the fire because remember our bodies are made of carbon our inner bodies so when you enter into the fire you the the truth will burn like the blade of a of a hot knife on some butter okay did i stutter no i didn't <laughs> so this is what you will feel like an electric eel okay you your mind will expand so when i say go within how do i do that go without you know be humble meditate now getting back to the real situation we have a, a growing ideology of people that are dressed up in ties and dresses and smiling in cameras and smiling in your face and you don't even know that they're a supremacist you have no clue you're just whoa you know and so how do we detect these things these features and the reason this is significant is because in this documentary that was made about 60 years ago it saddens me and horrifies me that the very things that the brothers would talk about inside of the barbershops and how the news rang sirens about a black man that was um, someone tried to 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 throw a bomb or somebody did throw a bomb in his vicinity and how his eyes were messed up and they're sitting in the barbershop listening to this in the 1940s 1950s you know it, it it went into how this ideology caused so many young um, children during integration because this documentary goes goes more into um, also into integration and how many white children would bully and taunt these children this isn't this is old news we know this okay but we but we don't really talk about this who who are those children today hmm ha ha did we ever sit and think about that 
who are those children that, that bullied little black kids back during civil rights? Where are they today if they're still living? Where, who are they? Are they still of the same ideology? And what makes it terrible is when you indoctrinate children in fear. But what's so interesting to me, pause, rewind time. I'm going to slide into something slimy. Okay, so this is this is going to make you really question some things. So what's all this rah-rah about? I wouldn't have. I'm not going to have one of those Negroes coming in my house or being a part of my, my church, marrying my daughters, looking at, you know, we trying to be, come around my vicinity, you know, moving into my neighborhood. I'm not going to have those Negroes do that. We need to keep things separate. Yeah, we need to keep those black boots away from us. Those dangerous uh beast of those beast of burdens those devil hooligans those jezebel eyed monkeys those you know and so this is really the rhetoric that was going on however while this rhetoric is going on what is going underneath the dawn what's going on underneath the dawn oh Did the little hand touch something it had no business touching? Oh, a pedophile. Hmm, a pedophile defiled a community. Came up and rolled up in some like low-key car. You know, nobody knew who, who was in this car, but this car was prowling around the inner cities. It was in the inner cities looking for kitties looking for kitties and kidding them with little trick-or-treat bunnies, you know, trying to say some funnies and saying that things were um, real sunny. So we have these little, these foes all in the neighborhood, bro. And you don't even know because you've got the tunes up high though. And so that's the issue. Now, when you look down past my bone and marrow tissue, you know that I am human. You know that I have a soul. But if you say, I want integration, I want to be into it. I don't want integration. I want to keep these darkies away from me. Then why can't you get out of my community? Oh, how about the exploitation of many of, of rapes of, of many black women having to be nannies of little children having to, to raise children of the of what America did? So how do you have this stance of white supremacist when your little stick was going all up in things that had no business going, but yet you want to claim white supremacy and purity? How dare you claim purity when you've stuck your phallus in things that have caused misery and there is an output of mixtures of races and things that are confused because of what you've done? So how can you how can you preach white supremacy? But if you go back into your DNA, DNA ancestry, you would say you would probably freeze and want to hang yourself because you would know, oh, Aunt Clara, though. Oh, I have Uncle Joe. Yeah, way back in the meadow. 
you know, so there's some, some stuff and a lot of your little white supremacy ideology is nothing more than a mental illness. And trust me, if you don't want to be around people that are, so let me kind of like really dig into something. Christians, I caution you if this is going, if you, if, if you cannot think, think through what I'm saying, then I, I do advise you to click off of this podcast because you need to try to understand what I'm saying. Now, if think about this, this is called being human. If you have done great atrocities for a long time and you don't really think they're atrocities, but like you've kept people in bondage because you kind of didn't think they were human and you thought it was normal. But what happens when these people are actually released? The ones that you tortured, the ones that you said could never be, the ones that you said were very ignorant. Although black people have been have been participants in early political um, elections, um, have founded schools, churches, businesses, banks, um, all um, during slavery and after slavery. Okay, these are things they don't want you to even know about. Okay, because then then the communities would feel very empowered. But instead, they show black people looking coward. Look, looking pitiful, looking scared and, and despondent. What about the, the strength? Okay. But during this time, if, if you know that your slaves have been released back into, you know, back into the lands. Oh my God. You're afraid. They're coming into, they're going to steal all of our chickens. You better get little Sally because I've been seeing that boy Harry looking, eyeballing our daughter. So what happened during that time, the black codes were, were, were kicked in. If you've been following my podcast and if you've been following um, historical information, you'll know about the black codes and my stances, the black codes continue till this day. And so now the propaganda changes to where it's these black, we can't let black people think that they're, they're, equal or that they're just because they're free do you think that they we do you think that we really can think we can make these black these darkies think that they're human just because those niggers are walking around doesn't mean a thing that doesn't mean they're actually human oh goodness we're gonna cause they're gonna cause another another war but yet black men and women were used to produce what to, to work what the cotton gin, still picking cotton, but doing using a machinery this time. Still having to be butlers, maids, and mammies. You know, so so now you have fear of don't let these darkies think that they are equal. And that's literally what they called us. Then you had uh, literature and caricatures coming out. What caricatures are those? Oh, they like to make fun of different things, recreational things or just lifestyles that black people like to do. For example, how are you going to like make this over-exaggerated caricature of my ancestors with big pink lips chowing down on watermelon? 
because you know damn well it's 98 degrees and there is watermelon and you you yourself have been eating watermelon but because it's a black face doing that and their your hatred for black you're disgust and disdain for it yet you like to put your hands in places and your in your tail in places it shouldn't go but yet you hate the black skin though if you hate the black skin so much then please explain why there's so many tanning salons. Tell me why do you like the hue, boo? Oh, but you don't like the black. Mm. You will never call yourself a true minority only when it's businessly convenient for you. Now this, I'm only speaking to a few because it doesn't apply to everybody. But if this does apply to you, yes, I'm talking to you. So... We have all of these issues going on. And it to me it's it just it's I'm almost done I'm almost really tired of talking about it. But it seems like it's very necessary for me to say something about it. You know? So what happens when now you have freed blacks walking, freed? What can we do to make sure we incite fear? Oh, Let's have, let's cause the mobs, the KKK. How, who, who were members of the KKK? Well, there were different communities that were recruited. There were certain immigrant communities that were recruited. There were people so wanting to subscribe to white supremacy that they would deny their, even their own stories and legacies. They, they would deny their own curl in their hair. Even for the passing souls, when I say passing, I'm talking about people that have black genetics that stood by and, and, and identified as white and watched as your brethren hung and swung from that tree <clears throat> or, the, or the little girl that, that, that was abused. You, you stood by and you laughed. In fact, you were one of the main participants that's what self-hatred will do. When communities experience self-hatred, what happens? They oftentimes inflict even worse pain on, on their own than even the oppressor. And so that's why the oppressor can walk around saying, but what did I do? Well, you guys are doing this to yourself. You, we didn't do anything. Yeah, but you did there were things already mechanisms put in place. So what we're looking at is I call it postpartum output. You know, these mechanisms were put in place after slavery. When I say a mechanism, I'm talking about an actual, it's almost like a metaphysical engine that when you feed certain energy in it, it creates a, what a, a manifest output. What kind of outputs are we manifesting? A reoccurring output. One that seems to be the same reoccurring code from 10 uh, decades ago. That, you know, the same rhetoric. That's what's bothering me. How many more podcasts and videos and, and books? And honestly, I want, here's what I need people to understand. I think this is where the disconnect is. If you feel that your wealth, that you are entitled to your wealth because other people around you are inferior because you have all the brains because you let you I we let the world in 
in technology. We led the world in exploration and we we came up with all of all the literature and the paintings and the 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 scholars and we we came up with everything and it's a part of his story if you can't understand his story then you're irrelevant your story doesn't matter because ours is the dominant voice that is what we're dealing with today. It's to the point where people, they told you six by six by six. They told you um, six degrees of separation. Um, they said that when I say they, I'm talking about history. Historians, you said this. We still celebrate Christopher Columbus. Ha ha ha. Um, basically, that. You know, Europeans were the only ones and the enslaved Africans and their and their help were the only ones able to sail across to the Americas. Dun, da, da, da. And it became this great um, uh, Mecca. Slavery became this great Mecca. No, there were already black people still already over here. That's the other part of the story that's missing. When we start evaluating numbers, if you think that a group of people had the power to transport hundreds of thousands of people of cargo, hundreds of thousands just all by themselves. You're, I'm sorry, but you're reading a fairy tale book. There's no way in population that could happen. No way in the world. Okay. So there were already indigenous people here. Indigenous people that were moved off of their land that were so nice that said, come on, come on and, 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 and eat, eat of the food and the fruit that we have. And you're in Fernandad's like, Oh my God, what did I to get over? You know, he's just him and everyone else. And they, and they're just like thinking these guys are suckers. They're so nice. They're not trying to hunt us. We need this land. They need to get off of it. So when I fast forward today, if you think about what I just said, doesn't that sound familiar to you? Pause, go back, membrane, overload, don't data dump now. So doesn't that make sense when we talk about current day regentrification? I want what you have. You get off your land. I will move in your land like a parasite does in the night. And that's exactly what happened. What continues to happen? Getting moved off your property. Or now is at the point where there's laws where people, there is no real estate. There's there's like somebody owns something, some part of the, some kind of land, especially if you live in America. I mean, that land could be sold up for 400, 500 years. You'll never get touched that land. It's sold up so deep, you won't even know who owns it. <laughs> you say, gosh, who owns this whole state? Oh, I didn't realize that. The, you mean they actually own like the borders? Oh, wow. So stuff like that, people. But when you have slaves that are, are not, they're not just walking around just being like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. 
that's the depiction. Those are the caric- caricatures that they uh, map. They paint black people as being big lipped, dumb and ignorant. You know, not being able to process, not be, being able to think things through. You know, because the the master the master slave relationship is that the master has all the brains, the the slave is knows nothing and is ignorant. Actually, it's not even a human. Let's just say it's an animal. You know, you you know that's how that's what the system how that's what they think of black people till this day. M- many many people do because when you find yourself getting triggered. If a black, any economic mobility happens for a community of color and you find yourself being triggered, you need to look within. Why are you being triggered? Well, those people don't deserve anything. They don't even know how to manage their own money. All they're doing is just collecting those welfare stamps. Well, how is it that when the welfare, when welfare was created, because black people lived in such bondage, financial bondage, in order to survive, what did you have to do? Oh, inject your veins, your human veins into the, a welfare system that can help take care of you. Welfare system has, has had a uh, derogatory concept, but all races have been plugged into that. But for some reason, black people were, were the band, were where the the welfare check and that's another thing of propaganda that was really blown out of proportion in the 1980s you know the welfare queen welfare welfare mom and this and that and the reason that was significant is because black men were going to prison like you know i'm eating a bunch of cheerios like they're going to prison left and right like oh i sneeze up cop just locked me up Dang, I just tripped over this this stick. Oh man, they they thought I robbed the bank down the street. You know, so you have a lot of unrest going on, drugs being poured into communities. You have a tightening of the social welfare system in which um the, the system became the parent and uh black uh many black families, black children were put into foster care through the state. You know, because for many different reasons. So you had a monopoly of hardships and things that were impacting the black community that still play out till this day. When you have uh, a system that's been going on for so long that hasn't supported the economic mobility of people of color in the long term, we have to say, okay, what can we do to make a difference today? where everybody wins. Now, if you've been a winner for a long time, sometimes you have to say, am I really winning in a fair ground? Because if I'm not really winning in in fairness, I'm really cheating. So if you guys want to call yourself winners, but you know that you're you're contributing to white supremacy ideology and to all of these other um, things that make you racist, you're really just a cheater. You're not a winner. You're not a developer. You are a destroyer. We have to call it for what it is. Because when families are displaced, when poor families are displaced with nowhere to go 
and you're sitting there and you're whatever you have. Yeah, okay, maybe you worked hard for it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you inherited it. But does that mean that you need to have the hollowed out, shallowed out, um, Oshkosh Magosh thoughts? No, that makes you just as guilty. In fact, that makes you even more guilty. When I examine, you know, where people of color are and, and the journeys that we had to experience when it, when it even came to, uh, running from, running from dogs. Now I have a pet business, but I had no idea that I would be talking about some of this, the, the sad things that black people and others have had to experience in running away from dogs. Is it the dog's fault? No, he's just doing, or she's doing what they're trained to do. And they're probably scared of you, scared of, of, you know, that type of training to be aggressive and mean. Well, who, who is the trainer? You're the one instilling a lot of fear your dog is probably subconsciously scared of you. So you better be careful with all of that. You know, and and even yesterday, it was so weird. I, I came across a another, um, it was another documentary about uh, the genocide in Rwanda. And this Tutsi survivor, it was so terrible, some of the things that she shared about how her family was killed. And one of the things that was really disturbing was that her family, um, not only were they, her, I think it was her brother and her dad were killed, but the other things happened in relationship to being eaten by dogs, not her family, but it was like some other people. And so when you, when you put an animal into the equation of human, um, human just filth is what I could call it, then I can't imagine what your afterlife looks like because that isn't even something normal. You know, even a cat would have more sense than that. A cat would be like, "Mm," you know, but if the pet is trained, that's it. And so the other thing I would, I think some of the things I'm unearthing are some of the stereotypes and unbiased cues that are going on in people when they look at my hue. As a person in the pet industry, there is so much historical, um, you know, weight and context when we're talking about, you know, the struggle that people of color experienced and how it relates to, to pets and, you know, dogs being on the leash and pet parent is mean as hell dog is aggressive to everybody because he's afraid of its owner. You know, that's still going on today. The other day, people, I don't know what, I think the universe, I've got some things that are coming up because whoever is listening is something that I'm saying that is going to, is helping you. But it was really strange. This is another incident that happened. So I live in a pet community I mean, there are pets, everybody has a pet, like two, maybe two or three. So I'm in a hurry. I catch the bus to work. This Once again, I'm trying to get 
trying to make make a move and I don't just work at a call center I do you know more or less advocacy work for businesses let's just say that and so I'm as I'm I noticed this lady and she's walking her dogs it was a white lady but she seemed to be enamored or just like you know all in my mix which was pissing me off because it wasn't an, in a, anything like you know a friendly Jane like hello you know it wasn't nothing like that it was like when she seen me it was almost like she she kind of beefed up like who is this and then her dog you know baby muffin I, I don't know it was a it was actually like a pit it was some a bigger dog it reminded me of some sort of pit not afraid at all of that of the dog but because she was getting she was almost like trying to catch up with me with her dog like rolling up on me like a, an aggressive way and I'm like is this woman trying to follow me and I noticed how she she has her dog I'm like I'm gonna go up to this girl and I'm gonna who, who, who is this like who does she think she is She's crossing the street I'm gonna go follow her like who is this who is this black girl and literally it was that kind of really weird vibe to the point where she was following me so now you you almost cut me off with your dog like I had to kind of swoop like around her I'm like dang you know what the hell's going on and and then so I cross the street and I look this chick's looking at me like she's with her dog on the leash and it's just something about that pissed me off number one because I'm like oh Molly you know you you're walking around like you're badass because you know that you, you can sick your dog on on an innocent person or maybe your dog won't do anything it may just look at you like what the hell's wrong with you but it's in your mind that you want to do that and so that's the abuse that I'm calling out with some some of you all that are walking around with your your pets you're walking around and with the wrong mentality your pet picks up on your fears when you notice your dog like growls at other people because you're scared you're pulling the leash back and dog don't even know the dog's like oh my owner is a let me just give you some basic tips oh my arf, my arf, 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 arf. that means oh my owner is afraid when when you pull that leash and it jolts and then it's then you're like talking to the the you pet parent or talking to the person passing you you're like oh it's gonna be okay the dog is then he starts rah, 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 and starts barking because your doggy doesn't know what you're saying to to the person walking by you and now it's getting nervous that's why that's happening so if you could relax your energy doesn't mean relax your hand so that you know you <laughs> let the leash go but relax your energy get your pet in a way where he can he or she can be around other people but also to train on intuition you know bad vibes you know if you hold a sacred space in your house believe it or not your dog your dog will pick up on or cat especially cats will pick up on those energies okay all right everybody um stay tuned for more i'm we'll be sharing some more information everyone stay well behave <laughs> and be good talk to you soon